1: Cooley's here with me on this Saturday. The show today presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and you will have your initial deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code. If something's already written in the promo code, erase it, write KevinDC, and they're going to offer you something most shops don't offer, which is a doubling of your initial deposit. Uh, Cooley two and zero on the smell test last night. I had UCLA plus three. I had UTSA laying four and a half. Uh, both of those uh, came home. Uh, the picks today are Purdue, Cal, and Troy. Uh, those are the picks today. How are you doing?
2: I got a sore back. I've been watching. My wife's been bringing up all these stupid Instagram videos of like release your back in ten seconds. That that shit doesn't work. <laughs>
1: What do you mean? Rele- okay, so, what, what do you mean? Okay. Release your back?
2: Like some guy's got some back stretching Instagram, and I don't have Instagram, so but he's got this back stretching Instagram, and then they show all these videos where he's like doing this weird stretch, and then he'll turn and move, and you'll hear his back crack like eleven times. What's that doesn't r- happen.
1: what's wrong with your back? You know, I'm I'm an expert, uh, or at least a um, self-proclaimed back expert.
2: It's just a little stiff. It's it's not in the spine, it's, so it's not really in your area. Uh, where where in the
1: where is the pain? I think
2: it's my no. my I think it's my glutes stemming up into my lower back.
1: It's a lower back. It's it's lower back pain. Do you feel any it's of that pain going down pain. your leg?
2: No, no, it's not pain. It's it's stiffness. Stiffness.
1: Okay, so it's probably more
2: muscular. Yeah, it, it is one hundred percent muscular. Yes. Yeah. But it's really sucking to get up.
1: Have you done anything? I look
2: like Tua Tunga Bailoa. We should talk about that. when I want. Uh... We should talk about it. But no, I don't look that bad. But I'm low. So the reason that this happened, so I'm doing all this contracting on my house, and I spent the last two days in a skid loader digging out all this dirt for the foundation and all this stuff around my frost wall and you've got to like lean forward to look over and it was kind of raining and the window was muddy and so I was just sitting on the edge of my seat leaning for like six hours yesterday leaning forward looking and I got out of there it was like I played a football game
1: yeah I mean you were just in that same so spot no
2: but I'm, I'm all right
1: uh, it was do you, I mean, ice or heat, do you think?
2: You know, honestly, a combination of both is usually a, a really good recipe for, for a sore back. You know, maybe you get in a nice tub and then a nice steam shower. Mm. complements it well. I'm not going to do any of those things because I'm too lazy. I'm probably just going to sit here watch football.
1: <laughs> Take some Advil.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what, I did. That's what I did. I got some Motrin and uh, had a nice glass of milk. I've been watching the Cowboys this morning.
1: Um, I'm curious, because we have not talked about this, what your reaction to the Tuatunga-Vailoa injury on Thursday night was and the the outrage and the reaction from all corners of you know, basically, popular culture—not just sports—calling for heads and lawsuits and everything else. What did you make of it?
2: <clears throat> so I've made a couple things out of it because I was actually watching a lot of that game as well last weekend—the Buffalo game—and I, I watched and I did watch that after the hit when he stumbled around a couple times. And when you watch it and you've seen it, it's you're watching it and saying, oh, he's out. Like, he's he's concussed. Right. And then I hear Mike McDaniel after the game say that it's his lower back, and he said he felt like Gumby or something. And I know Mike McDaniel, and I don't – I'm not – I wouldn't call him a liar, but, I like, he would have a story – something silly like that like he would have come up like Mike McDaniel would have come up with that but then I think about it too and I, I think these doctors they do, they don't just put just put you back out there buddy right they're pretty serious about the health of their players they love the players they love what they do with the teams the, the there is no NFL doctor right now that is it in the North Dallas Forty throwing dudes <laughs> shots and back? <laughs> was, right. Like it's, With Nolte. It's not. The, yeah, we're not playing. It's not necessary roughness here. Kathy Ireland's not the kicker.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's not the kicker.
2: Um, Simbad is definitely out.
1: North Dallas so, Forty. I can't believe you you gave that out as a reference. That's a, like that's like a nineteen eighties movie. It's seventies. It might be seventies. Yeah, Nick Nolte, Mac Davis.
2: It's a, young, a great
1: movie. Great movie. You know, sort of uh, made to sort of reflect the Dallas Cowboys, America's team.
2: 1979. Um, was it made in 1979? Yeah. Wow. It's uh, set in the decadent world of American professional football in the late 1970s. Based on the best-selling 1973 novel by Peter Gent.
1: Peter, Peter Gent, right. Yep. Yeah, I
2: mean. Oh, it, what a great movie! It Anyways, was. Um, yeah. Go ahead. We can. Do no,
1: that. no, I was. I was going to say. So, no. Continue. So,
2: you. you, you so it, I, just, it's, I don't it's know real. how they I've come up with the one thing that can happen, and I think this is harder to happen now. Uh, but I may have may may or may not have done this. I don't remember exactly. You can fail your baseline. Fail your baseline testing. If you really want to pass the concussion protocol.
1: Who's going to do that? Who's going to fail <laughs> who's going to fail their baseline when they're getting a baseline so that they look concussed from the beginning. That doesn't make any sense.
2: Somebody doesn't want to come out.
1: Uh, yeah but, but but if you fail the baseline then from the jump you're concussed.
2: No. You're not. You're not. That's not how it works. The so, baseline is... We definitely know you're not concussed in the summertime. Okay.
1: So how do you fail the baseline?
2: So you do poorly on the baseline.
1: Like, give me an example. I've had my, my boys take some the of test. these tests, but I've They're never like taken you them.
2: Stand on a balance. You stand on a foam pad, kind of like a rolly foam pad, or at least I did one. And you stand on one foot, and... Then you stand there for ten seconds, and then you do it again. Then you close your eyes and see how long you can stand there, and they just fall off right when you get on. Stand up for one second. Oh, I'm off. Darn it! That's
1: my let baseline. let will try
2: again. Yeah.
1: So that when you get when you bunch, get concussed, that's not,
2: that's not only it. That's <laughs> not the only thing. There's other things, but like for example, you know, the thing, the problem is is like a lot of times when guys are. Not completely concussed, you're coherent enough to answer the questions. It's, it's your motor function and balance that's off. So you could just fill the balance out of it. That's what, you know, some guys I know about, you know, did when I was in high school. You don't think, think he, he did. Say, you're like, I know it's Sunday. I know we're playing the Buffalo Bills. I know this. Now, like when you're a little bit more concussed, like pretty concussed, because I've seen that too. Like I, I had a, a buddy get concussed in Dallas, and he looks down at his uniform. He goes, "How did I get this uniform on?" I'm like, "Well, you put it on." He's like, "No, this Washington uniform." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my God, you don't know where you are." Who was it? He that? didn't. He was he played for another team. I'm not telling you who it was. It's rude. I don't think it's rude. <laughs> well, no one wants to tell anyone they had concussions.
1: Okay. It's faux pas. Really?
2: You don't say the c word.
1: Really? I didn't know that. It's taboo.
2: Yeah, don't say the c word. I, I don't. I don't want to have a c word.
1: How many concussions did you have? Is that rude to ask?
2: One. One real one.
1: When did it happen?
2: I have, like, I'm, I may have had. So, the one real one I had, the real seaward, <laughs> happened uh, my sophomore year of college. We've talked about this. I know we have.
1: I, I think we have.
2: I have the old air helmets. that you had to pump up. Right. Probably the kind you wore, too. Yep. And. Rydell. I was just a lead block in training camp. And I woke up the next day with new skis. I missed <clears throat> the entire day. No recall at all. Wow. And I, w- I didn't go out. Like, I, I didn't go out cold, which is worse. I swear to you, it's worse. Like, if you go out cold, it's, it's better to just, like, when they're out and unconscious, their brain resets faster.
1: So, what was done? Because you know,
2: I'm a neurologist, so I know these things. But <laughs> I've seen cool. it enough to know that that's how it
1: works. How did they handle it? Back in 2001, 2002.
2: I think I sat out for a few days, got a new helmet. We talked about that. And maybe again in a game had one. But I finished the game and scored a touchdown in overtime. So it's hard to say I was really concussed. And I remember that whole process.
1: That was in college, too.
2: But, but I had one of the linemen kept telling me, and he still, to, he still tells me about this to this day. Are you ought to tell you your routes. It was Donald Penn. He played in the NFL for a long time, actually. Yeah. he's a great friend. Yeah, and, yeah, I remember. And I keep saying to did. him, I mean, that would be believable if you had any idea what my routes were. <laughs> like, you, you know, you're a lineman. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you telling me to run? So and then I did get I had one in I guess that would be documented in the NFL but I'm not sure if it was you know it, that was that maybe it was maybe they all are right maybe every time you ring your bell it's a concussion I don't know but the one I had in the NFL was once they really got into the concussion stuff it was like 2010 nine against the Colts yep they didn't finish the second half and if it wasn't really into man these concussions are so so serious. I would have just went back in the game. I got me a little worried about it at that point.
1: Here's the story from that game. October 18th, 2010. Washington Redskins tight end Chris Cooley said Monday he kept playing after suffering a concussion in the loss to Indianapolis before finally removing himself from the game. Quote, I came off the field, I took a breath and thought, wow, Um, I've actually had a few concussions in the past. I don't remember anything. I was totally there yesterday. I remember every part of the game. I remember all the plays. Uh, Cooley said he passed all the doctor's tests and stuff, but, quote, as I kept playing, I started getting more and more of a headache, uh, and I was a little bit slow, and I went over to our trainers. I felt like stuff was happening way faster than I was happening. It just got to the point where I (laughs) felt like I wasn't helping the team to be out there, and I definitely wasn't helping myself. Um you underwent a series of tests. Uh you had a CT scan, um, and you had to be symptom free for two days before you were allowed to practice. And the uh the next game was at Chicago. God, that Chicago game was the uh Sean Taylor. No, 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 that that's a different game. I'm thinking of something else. No, that was yeah, not yeah, 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 right. um, <laughs> like, like
2: everything was happening faster than I was. Yeah. That's a great quote.
1: Yeah, good quote. Uh, Mike Shanahan quoted...
2: Yeah, "But Like I said, if it wasn't some of the concussion stuff, I probably wouldn't have come out of a game.
1: Shanahan said, Throughout my career, most people try to do that, meaning continue to play. He's a competitor, probably didn't think it was anything big and wanted to go back in there, and we could see very quickly that something was wrong, and that's why he was out. So there you go yeah uh Fred Davis said you were running a route, and a guy just ran straight into you with a headshot.
2: <laughs> I don't remember exactly what happened, but I don't remember very much either, so so
1: So back to Tungavailoa for a moment. so um let's, let's I can't
2: believe they didn't like test him further, sit him down, and you know, maybe it's pure coincidence.
1: So, let's just assume that he didn't. He didn't intentionally fail his baseline back in the summer. Okay, let's go off of that premise. You said something that I think is is. I mean, I I, I considered this too, and Tommy and I talked about it yesterday on the podcast. Is that in this day and age, is an independent neurologist? You know, per the, C, the CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, this is an independent neurologist that is at every game that is, that is basically hired by both the NFL and the NFLPA and is separate from any team. This is an independent doctor. It's an independent voice. This doctor is not interested in Miami winning or Cincinnati winning, isn't interested in, in Tua throwing for 300 yards uh, or, or, or not playing at all. Um, is it really in this day and age possible that the independent neurologist is going to send to a back out there in the Buffalo game if he's concussed? Well, it is possible, I guess, because concussions are in some ways vague and subjective, understood. But this is what's in place right now. These are the protocols that are in place. The concussion protocols are independent neurologists, no team doctors anymore. All right, there's got to be somebody on site, as there is for every game, that has to say he's okay to go back in the game. And then all week long, that independent neurologist has to say he's cleared or not cleared, cleared or not cleared, and was cleared again for the Cincinnati game. Let, let me just say this. I have no idea if he was concussed against Buffalo or not. And I, I don't think that anybody... You know, and I don't think anybody does. Miami's adamant that he wasn't concussed. I talked to, and I mentioned this to Tommy yesterday, I talked to, I read this, this article very early this morning, uh, early yesterday morning, Cooley, for, uh, that was written by a neurologist that said the symptoms that Tunga Vailoa had in the Buffalo game can be a reaction to a cervical spine or a back injury. That, that you see that, you know, occasionally with that kind of cervical spine, you know, uh, back and mm-hmm. or neck injury. And I talked to somebody later on, somebody I know very well, uh, an orthopedic surgeon, um, who said, absolutely. That is, you know, stumbling and bumbling around and looking punch drunk, drunk and looking like you had your bell rung can absolutely be a reaction to a back or a neck, um, you know, uh, injury. And... Then, you know, he also mentioned the prone position that, that Tua was in in Cincinnati on Thursday night with the fingers in lock, you know, kind of locked up and the, ha- the arms locked up is actually more indicative of a neck injury, not a concussion. Now, he is in concussion protocol, and this guy said to me, he said, I'm not saying he didn't have a concussion on Thursday night as well. I'm just saying that the reaction that he gave is also ind- in- an indication of potentially some sort of neck you know, injury or, or, or you know, it, cervical spine injury. So I guess what I'm saying is I have no idea. Most people don't have any idea. Miami's sticking to what they believe, you know, happened on Sunday in Buffalo, which is an independent neurologist cleared him. That's the system in place. I know that there's this thing about gross motor skills. If If they appear to be, you know, compromised as they were, with Tua, that 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 should be a, a red flag for for a concussion. But I I sat there yesterday again after the show, and I just listened to all these people act as if they they've gone to med school in the last last three days, and they want McDaniel fired, and they want the Dolphins sued, and everybody's going to get to the bottom of this, and people are going to pay. And then I also thought something else. Tua. And every single player that plays in that league, sure, they want the league to protect them. But there's only a certain amount of protection you're going to get. There are a lot of jobs that are very dangerous. This one's a very high-paying job. You, all of you know the risks when you play. And those of us that watch it understand that something really terrible could happen. But it doesn't really dissuade us from watching and enjoying it. And I don't know, it just seemed like a lot of hand-wringing yesterday without a lot of information, which, by the way, I'm the first to admit I don't really have any idea, nor do most of you, as to what, whether or not he was actually concussed on Sunday. These could have been two completely you know, separate, standalone events and had nothing to do Thursday night with what happened on Sunday. That's possible. Hasn't been proven to be impossible at this point.
2: And it's not, like you said, you're not a doctor, and nobody that's talking is. I just think it was two concussions.
1: You, you do think it was two concussions. Doesn't mean, it,
2: doesn't mean I'm right.
1: And yet, you said a doctor's not going to But clear. I don't know
2: how he gets away with it. Yep. I, I mean, that's the problem. But here's the other problem with the spinal injury from the Buffalo game. How the fuck is he playing four days later?
1: Right. If it is a back injury, spinal, so
2: hurt that he's like he's Gumby. How are we clearing him to play with the lower back four days later?
1: That's a completely separate conversation because it's not concussion related. I
2: mean, if 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 that's that's what happened, be a whole conversation. I mean, it just seems unrealistic that dudes out there four days later after couldn't walk because of his back. And but, if there was a spinal injury that was causing him to lose motor function, don't you think there's a lot more evaluation that would go into that?
1: I think there's a lot more evaluation, period, that should go into all of that from what you know, you saw Sunday. Yeah, and four days is a quick turnaround. But,
2: I, I think g- Miami, Miami sitting there at 3-0 and should have just said, screw it, we are going to do everything we can do. He wasn't concussed, but we are going to check every box just to show you, and we're going to play Teddy Bridgewater to start the game. Okay. okay? And play the entire game. And 10 years ago, I don't think that that's the case. But today, I do. Especially after his reaction stumbling down the field. That is one thing that they do not want to see in the NFL.
1: No, it was not a good look. None of it was. The reaction...
2: Yeah, well, you to know what else isn't a good look? Two was doing that... Who was laying on his back in the Bengals game. In the... Camera cuts to the Bengals guy, sixty-six, like chest pumping other dudes. <laughs> Immediately after, two is lane. I mean, he doesn't know that two is out, but the camera guy cuts to the Bengals dude. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> That's bad directing. It's so bad. I,
1: I um. I
2: don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I mean it, it's like, like I'm with you. It's a, it's a dangerous job. You make those choices to to do the dangerous job you understand the risks and here's the crazy thing too it's like but if i have if this is my kid i would suggest he be done for the year come back next year and get him and then let's see where we're at but we're going to give it a break right but yeah back to back deals like this we're not i'm not he's not playing in a week i'm not playing in two or three weeks I would prefer not, I guess, and that would be my recommendation, is I don't have any problem with guys that get like this. and they just call it. Play until you get two or three and then call it.
1: Yeah, I mean, but there's like no certain number. I mean, I, I, I'm i with you. Like, uh, I, obviously, if obviously, it, obviously, if, it, if this is your kid, three. it's different, but I, again... What, what but you're,
2: if you get two or three like that, you're more susceptible
1: know, to, it, to it. I know. No, I understand that. I'm just saying there isn't any sort of, you know, you can't quantify the number before you're at great risk for CTE. I mean, there are guys that have had 20 of them that, that have never gotten CTE. More More guys haven't gotten CTE that have been concussed than have. Now, even that may be difficult to measure because we don't know. We'd have to go back and probably dig up everybody to, to test all those brains. But the, the, I guess the, the the point overall is if Miami should have done something, if Tua should have done something, if the league should have done something, then they should have better protocols in place for all of these things because the protocols that are in place are the – You know, are the enhanced safety measures per the last collective bargaining agreement? You didn't have an independent neurologist. You only had team doctors that made that decision, you know, a few years back. Now you got a guy there that has no interest, one way or the other, in Tua playing or not playing, that is saying, cleared, 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 play, you're fine. Yeah.
2: And honestly, Kev, I had team doctors. And my team doctor cared enough about me in that situation, Tony Castellaro, that I wouldn't have played. My team doctor wasn't going to clear me yeah. or anyone if they weren't coherent and competent to play. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I, – like I see it as hard to get back on the field truly concussed. So I really don't – Like it looked like two concussions to me. But who, how did you get back out there?
1: Right. It may have been two concussions, and it may not have been. <laughs> That's the thing. But everybody yesterday no. acted like they were 100% sure that it was two concussions. And yet you had someone who is trained to identify a concussion and trained to protect these players that said on Sunday in South Florida – Go back into the game. You're good. It's a back back injury. Oh, by the way, all week long. uh, Questionable, questionable. Nope. Cleared, 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 cleared. He can play. I just, what you first said to me is, is true now. Now, maybe I'm naive, but I don't think that in this day and age, they're letting a concussed player on four days notice in late September go out and play a game if they are really concerned about that he, he was concussed. I, I just don't believe that. I, it doesn't mean that they weren't negligent in their diagnosis on Sunday and throughout the week. Yeah. They may have gotten it wrong the whole time, but I don't think they you know.
2: You may have fooled them.
1: With, with that fake baseline back in June. <laughs> All right, let's get to the Yeah, di- you,
2: think I'm, you think that's funny, huh? That's funny because it's true.
1: You really think people are faking their baseline?
2: I don't think very many anymore, because I don't think very many want it. But, yeah, I do. I think people do it. Okay.
1: Uh, you would know. I I, I, think I, never think
2: you. I I. don't think I ever did do it. I, I think we talked about it a lot, but I don't think I did it. Like, it was always a joke. Yeah. Not the fact that we were doing the baseline test. Like, hey, just stumble around through here, and you'll be fine if you ever get concussed.
1: <laughs> You're going right back in. Ah, oh, look at the baseline. He's better than he was back in June after taking that hit.
2: Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ. He's fine.
1: He's fine. Look at the balance he has. Maybe they knock some sense into him. Um, Boy, those answers, they're pretty sharp right now after that hit. Man, what were you on back in I mean, June? He got
2: only one right out of 20 last time, and now he's got three. Now he got four of them. Wow.
1: <laughs> he's good, Coach. All right, let's Did he get... know
2: what day it was? No, he didn't know what day it was. But does he ever really know what day it is?
1: <laughs> all right, let's uh, get to the Cowboys. We'll do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right,
1: uh, Dallas. How does Washington win tomorrow in Dallas? Cooley.
2: Well, we just trust the Vegas line, and <laughs> we go from there.
1: I gave Washington out <laughs> as a smell test pick.
2: Yes, It is stinky. Yeah. It is, it is, I think, really stinky. Because it, you're like, the line thing's so weird. I, we'll get to the, the, the Bengals are favored against the Dolphins, right? Thursday night. Yeah, they were. Four and a half.
1: Uh, that game on Thursday night went off at like four. Yeah, I
2: think so. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, it's a one-and-two team that can't protect the quarterback and throws the ball a bunch. I still think the Bengals are very good, and obviously they're last year's Super Bowl team. But it's just so funny, you know. Then Dallas just beat the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, Dallas was getting seven in that.
1: seven seven and a half and I had them on the money line and then they were um, getting you know a couple on Monday night and one outright as well so they've won two straight weeks as an underdog
2: yeah Dallas is a good football team right now they're different on offense with Cooper Rush and the funny thing about this is is it's what I think Dallas should be with Dak Prescott more basic but it's More too tight, heavy personnel, tight formation groupings, condensed stuff, insert wide receivers into run game, more effective running the football, more consistent running the football, a little bit more play action shots where you're really trying to defend your quarterback or protect your quarterback, and the pound it and the wear down teams that way. I mean, that's to me a, a lot of what their offense looked like the last couple games is just, I wouldn't call it. Necessarily conservative, as much as I'd call it old school. Yeah, they're still looking to take shots down the field. They're just taking shots when they feel like they've dialed a shot up or they've got it set up with the run. And they're—I mean—it's they're, they're, not the same front five that Dallas always has, but they're still—they're still pretty stout up front. And their tight ends can get after and block. They, Dalton Schultz is a pretty good player, and this rookie Jake Ferguson does an all right job in the run game as well. So I don't, like, it's interesting to watch them get with with this because that's what I've thought for the last three years that Dallas should be if I was Dallas. You got Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, and I think Pollard might be the better back, anyways. Tony Pollard's a good back. Yep. You got two really good backs. Run the ball. And they would just get out of that. And I get that Dax become quite the quarterback. I'm not disregarding that. But, you know, I mean, if you have the ability to run it that way, run it and then set up shots. And, God, see more teams win by bigger margins where the quarterback stat line is 13 for 19 for 240 yards, three <laughs> touchdowns. The, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, when you know, like there's there's 35 runs and there's 24 throws or something like that. Well, Dallas had 31 and 30 the other night. But, you know, when you see 37 runs, 19 throws, well, I mean, obviously, you, you're pretty sure that that team won the game because they weren't throwing to get back into the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't if, – if if you could run the football when the other team's expecting you to run the football and have success – why wouldn't you do that as a team?
2: I it, everyone's getting away from it in the NFL. But the trend is, defensively, so much as this 3-3 three, three stuff, or three-man fronts. Yeah, like you talked
1: about with Philadelphia. And a, and a
2: walk defensive end, and, and we'll talk about Dallas' defense too, but it's it's a very common trend. It's because they know everyone's going to throw the ball. Like a lot of teams are 70% throw on first down. Dallas is actually 50-50 on offense. First down run to pass is almost exactly 50-50.
1: With Cooper Rush the 100%. last two weeks, but were they that, were they well, that way with that? Well,
2: through the entire season, like the last yeah. two weeks, we could sure. sort out even more. But through the entire season, they're 50-50. So that's probably close to what it – I mean, they threw the – I'm trying to think because I watched that first game.
1: Yeah, I mean, he got hurt in. I don't. They couldn't, get, they couldn't get anything going. No, they couldn't. Tampa's defense is really good.
2: But anyways, you know the the whole NFL thing is really cyclical with some of the stuff, and it's gonna it's gonna trend back towards running the football. But we've talked about this. The the reason it's hard to run the football, like really. I think the main reason is you can't practice with pads more than once a week. Right. It's hard to get run fits and to get set and to get guys going and to teach young players on the offensive line that don't run the ball in any form of NFL scheme in college or or very little to come and play and block 300-pound D-linemen with technique in the NFL when we have training camp, which is good, but then one day a week all season.
1: (laughs) Have that's you? Have why you?
2: Don't, that's why they don't run the ball.
1: Have you paid any attention to what Chicago's doing here early in the season with Justin Fields? I, meant
2: I Chicago is one of the teams I meant to go back and watch.
1: Like here's no,
2: here, I have I not watched one iota of the of the Bears.
1: So they're two and one. Okay,
2: that's not true. I watched them lose to the Packers the other night. I watched the last. I watched the last quarter and a
1: half. Yeah, they're two and one. They beat uh, San Francisco in, in a rainstorm in the opener, beat Houston on a walk-off right, field and they goal. On
2: the field, you know, now San Francisco gets mad about that. Right. Exactly. Well, so uh, exactly.
1: Justin Fields, in three games, in three full NFL games, has completed 23 passes. He was eight yeah. of 17 in the opener, seven for 11 against the Packers. And eight of seventeen Sunday against Houston. On Sunday, the Bears threw it seventeen times, ran it forty times for two hundred and eighty-one yards against the Texans. The guy Khalil uh, Herbert and and uh, uh, was excellent. He went for one fifty-seven. Fields is a dual threat. He's a runner as well. And it's funny, like like Atlanta, the, your guy, you know Arthur Smith. The Falcons, very quietly in their first three games, have been a dynamic offensive football team with Marcus Mariota and with Cordarrelle Patterson and with Drake London, with Kyle Pitts, et cetera. They, I'm, I'm looking it up right now to see where they are in actual, um, offensive just yards per game. They, they've got to be up there. Uh well, they're, they're, they're like 15th or something, 354 um, a game, 26.7 points a game. I mean, Atlanta lost to the Saints after blowing a 16-point lead, lost to the Rams by four when they had the ball late down six, and they beat the Seahawks on Sunday. They've moved the ball. I mean, they're, they're really effective on offense. Mariota uh, has, has had a decent start to the season. Um, anyway, my point is more teams, especially with the quarterback involved in the running game, like Philly, like Atlanta, like Chicago, uh, not like Dallas, not like Cleveland, um, not like San Francisco. Like,
2: right. But I think San Francisco wanted wants the quarterback involved in the running game. Right, but they're not going to have it now because I still can't believe they Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have drafted Mac Jones. Right. It's the way he wants to run an offense. Only because Mac Jones, I lo- you know I like Trey Lance a lot too. Yeah. But I can't believe the way he liked Kirk Cousins and like that style. But I also know he liked the Robert Griffin style, if it were the guy that was gonna do it. Right. But yeah, no, I I, I I appreciate that in Chicago. And it's funny you say that too, because one of my favorite one of my favorite assistant coaches over the last five years that I thought was really smart watching a lot of film was Matt Eberfluss.
1: Yeah, you but you always liked
2: him. And he's a smart coach.
1: In football and not to
2: say And here's the other thing that I, I want, that I, I like about this, and I want every, like. this is, if you have a dynamic running quarterback who can throw the ball, Fields can throw the ball, it's not going to hurt him to run the ball more times than throw the ball in the first two years. You're providing him more opportunities to get more third down and short throws and more Run action pass throws, so he really gets a sense and a feel for it with that many more game plans under his book, week in and week out, week in and week out, over and over. And he's seeing it and seeing it. And we're winning and we're, it's exciting instead of just dude back there throwing picks because he's got to learn how to do it. They you know, not need to learn how to do it, throwing the ball 14 times a game. And if we can win, that's perfect. Yeah. It's good for a young quarterback.
1: It is. Yeah, I mean there are young quarterbacks that come out like you know the last couple of years, whether it's Mahomes or Herbert or Burrow, um, who are probably better off, you know, throwing it a lot. But you're you're talking about certain quarterbacks.
2: But they threw it a lot in college in Ohio State. Right. And I'm not going to say that Ohio State. That, like I understand, everyone could be look at quarterback stats and Haskins, and they do throw it. But they don't throw it with a dynamic game plan and spread receipt Like they throw similar concepts, singular concepts with extreme talent that overmatches other teams, and they really only have to out execute. Like, you know, structurally, the for the the foundation of the quarterback at Ohio State, there's not a huge gap to learn. It's a simple progress or progression through a lot of their stuff. And then they run the ball so well because they're so dominant that when they go with play action, it's open. It's just open.
1: Well, and their receiver, their receivers them. are so much better than the guys covering them, you know, 10 weeks out of 12. I know. And the offensive line's I much know. better than those guys in front of them on defense yeah, as man. well. Yeah.
2: So it's fine that they are slow, slower developing in the NFL. I'm fine. I like what they're doing. Phil. Anyways. That's what Dallas is doing a little bit with Cooper Rush. I'm, obviously, he doesn't run the ball. And you know what? I've watched some of the Atlanta stuff. Mariota can run the ball, but that's not what Arthur Smith's really trying to do. Arthur Smith's a good run scheme coordinator. Yeah, like he's an effective run scheme guy. They run, run the ball. Uh,
1: I want to just I want to no, mention something to you real quickly because I'm just looking at something here. The the number one rush offense in the NFL is Cleveland. Okay, Jacoby Brissett cur- currently their quarterback. Um, they're two and one. Chicago. Which was not supposed to be a good team is two and one, and people can call it fraudulent all you want. They're two and one because they're the second best rush offense in the NFL right now, averaging 186 and a half yards per game, um, and they're just shortening the game. Detroit's third, the Giants, who aren't really that good, are fourth, and they're two and one. Atlanta's fifth in terms of rush offense. They're they're one and two, but could easily be three and zero. Oh. And then it's San Francisco, Philly, Baltimore, Green Bay, and, and Jacksonville. That's your top ten rush offenses in the NFL right now. The Cowboys are 11th. All of those teams, you put their aggregate record together right now, it's a lot more wins than losses. But anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, the Cowboys are 11th, and what, what do they run for in week one?
1: Uh, not a lot, right. I think actually Zeke had a decent game in week one, but just didn't touch it because they were throwing to get back into the game. They rushed for 71 yards in week one. Yeah, total.
2: Yeah, that's not getting you in the top ten. Right. So my first key is to stop the run. And it's a big one. They can't stop the run right now. (laughs) They haven't. They did a good job. They did a decent job against the Eagles. Yeah, they did. I should say that. I'll say that. Right. But they weren't going to stop the run against Detroit. And Detroit was able to stay multiple and stay balanced the entire game. Right. So we'll see. Stop the run is huge. That's because... You're getting an offense that is going to run it. They are going to line up, and they are going to buckle their chin straps in place. Smash around football. They're tough.
1: It's the it's the way that Cooper Rush needs it, right? I mean, he needs the, the play action and the boot off of being able to run the football and create, you know, advantageous down and distance. You're not going to drop Cooper Rush back 35 times a game.
2: I mean, until you do and we find out. I don't actually, think he's actually, a young guy. Or, he's not that young. He's been around a little.
1: You know what? Uh, Monday night was just kind of the first time I looked at him, and I said he's actually got a good arm and a quick release,
2: and he's he runs an offense with tempo. He can he dictates exactly where he's going. Like he's he's a smart quarterback, but he's been a, how many years is this for him? Five, nine, five, I think. Yeah, I think, he's, I think I looked it up on Monday night. I think he's twenty nine.
1: He is twenty eight years old, going to be twenty nine. This is his fifth season in Dallas.
2: So he's not a rookie backup quarterback. Right. Yeah. (laughs) If Cooper Rush drops back and throws it 35 times for 350 yards, then that's a (laughs) – what do you want to say? You're like, well, didn't see that one coming.
1: You know, it's funny. He's had 31 pass attempts in the two wins, you know, in the two starts. But in both games, they also basically ran it almost as much as they threw it. They, they ran it 30 times, threw it 31 on Monday night. And against Cincinnati, they threw it 31 times and rushed it 27 times. They have remained balanced in both of these games, which obviously helps a quarterback out. I mean, his, his QB rating against Cincinnati was 82.5. The the and and on Monday night it was sixty eight point six but, you know, plus he drove him down it's the QBR, field in that Cincinnati that game up. for the game winning field goal, with the game on the line
2: right. But his QBR I, I think I looked up the other day is like top ten yeah. I I the quarterback rating is antiquated I don't Cooper Rush is number six in QBR on ESPN
1: yeah I'm talking about ESPN's QBR not passer rating yeah.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say that 68 and an 89 are not a good passer
1: rating. No, 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 no. We're talking QBR, the ESPN QBR, which is more okay, comprehensive. Okay, than okay, Passer rating okay. is really not go. reflective of much anymore, necessarily. Heavily weighted right. on touchdowns.
2: Okay. Yeah, he's a, but he's staying within the, within the system and within himself, and if, he's, doing, he's doing a really good job, and the – the fact that he's capable of doing that and that they're managing that is awesome for them.
1: Yeah. It really is. Well, considering so. on, on that Sunday night when Dak went out, everybody basically said, Dallas is done. Now they're 2-1, and one, and nobody's rushing Dak back anymore. And, and and by the way, they think that they're going to be 3-1 because it's Washington coming to town and all of their fans and probably that whole team thinks – Well, we'll win this game. We just beat the Bengals at home, and we beat the Giants on Monday Night Football on the road. We can beat this sorry-ass team, which is why I like Washington. Such a dummy. I love him. You're you're funny. this This one sets up. You know this. This one sets up for a Washington, you know – Maybe they lose on like a walk-off field goal, twenty-four to twenty-three, something like that. But they're going to cover.
2: Okay, okay. I, mean, I, I don't doubt you. Well, I really don't. I started with that. I know you did. You <laughs> started with somehow Vegas will win. Yeah. Dallas
1: is, the, big, they, Dallas is the biggest. They're they're
2: Dallas is the biggest uh, public play.
1: Dallas is the biggest public play tomorrow. The biggest public side tomorrow is Dallas.
2: Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Washington's been down. Like, What are they? What are the first half scores of the last two ballgames?
1: 46 to nothing. Yeah. 578 yards to 106. <laughs> I mean, I said on Monday <laughs> when I went through that, I'm like, this is really hard to do. The NFL's designed for these games to be close. You might get blown out one week, but it's hard to do what they did two weeks in a row. It's really impossible for it to happen three weeks in a row. And if it does, and I said this yesterday with Tommy, it means they really do suck. Like, they're bad. They're a bad football team if the same thing happens tomorrow against Dallas. On some level, you can can understand Philadelphia is just a much better football team. That's fine. Dallas with Cooper Rush isn't 22 to nothing better at halftime tomorrow. No way.
2: <laughs> no. But 10 0 might be what Dallas is.
1: Okay. Dallas' is defense. So I know you're going to get to that.
2: Yeah. I mean, they got, it, you're right, though. It's so funny. I just picture, like, hey, Coach, uh, you've had a couple slow starts. What are you going to do to fix it? <laughs> like uh, when you say slow, what do you mean there? I think we're doing our best. Well, know, like uh, anemic.
1: I, to- I told you. I told you the numbers with Rivera. Right since he got here, Sunday was the seventh time in thirty-six regular season games that his yep. team here in Washington has been down by 20 or more at halftime. I, I, I mean...
2: That's got to lead the league.
1: Oh, of course it does. It's in, in, I don't think there's a close second over the last two years. The funny thing is, in some of those games, they've come back and really had chances, like they did against Detroit. By the way, one of those games, I think, was against Detroit... The first year, that was the game where Alex Smith came in, played really well in the second half. They got it. They tied it up. And then Chase Young roughed Matt Stafford. They added 15 yards on the last play of the game. And what's-his-face, Prater hit a 59-yarder. And they lost 30-27. to 27. But they were down 24-3, to three, I think, at halftime.
2: He must be one hell of a halftime speech coach. <laughs> yeah hey coach uh, that halftime speech can you just give that before the game
1: can we try it earlier this week
2: some Alexa just responded to me don't know what I said <laughs> man Alexa that was
1: weird <laughs> hey coach coach hey instead of waiting until 2.30 can we deliver that same thing at about 12.55 what do we think <laughs> I'm like- I don't know I mean, listen, I like him. You know I like him as a coach. I know you don't love him as much as a, as a coach, and I know a lot of people listening don't love him a lot as a coach. I always thought he, his teams were well-coached in Carolina. The Any sort of, you know, grace period, that's over the first two years. Pandemic, cancer, all that stuff, great. This, this is the year you can't, you can't go out on tomorrow – and be down 24-3 to three at halftime. And lose 34-14. Because at that point, I know it's only early October, but at that point you're looking at one bad football team in the NFL. It's hard to find really bad teams in the NFL. But if, they, if, they, if what happens last week happens tomorrow, they're one of the two or three awful teams. They might be the worst at that point. I don't think it's going to happen, though. All right, what else? How do they
2: beat Dallas? All right, so you you understand this? Everyone sees the pass rush from Dallas. I mean, if you watch the Monday night game, Daniel Jones got hit just about as many times as Carson Wentz got hit. He just found a few more ways to get rid of the ball or evade, or I mean, he still got sacked a bunch, right? But he just he's a little bit more spry. Yeah, Carson Wentz is not going to get out of the pocket with this defense like when DeMarc Lawrence and Mike Parsons some of these guys start getting after him he is not getting he is not escaping them Bob's got to be out so it's an like again it's an interesting defense the, I mean it's a four down front a lot of the time that they're playing but they got to stand up defensive end the thing is is more times than not they like Mike Parsons is and Anthony Barr somewhere in the box. Like, on first down, Mike Parsons doesn't just line up uh, as a D-lineman. Plays a lot of linebacker, too. For anybody just watching Washington games. <laughs> you know, he'll move around a bunch.
1: They missed him so much last year.
2: He's a great yeah. player. He's, he's awesome. So, the, like, number one, you have to get the ball out of Wentz's hands. And you gotta find ways to do it early in the game. So I mean, this morning, I, I not I, The Giants didn't destroy them, right? They weren't, and it. They're not a dynamic offense against the Cowboys last week on Monday night, but early in the game, easy screens to the running back. Like still, that, how, how many screen passes have we seen from Washington? Two, no, three, not receiver screens. Yeah, no, the like back screens, just, not, just not a screen. You know, gimmick plays, like pick plays on the outside work well. They had like a, a little pick to the outside. Daniel Jones had a zone read run, and the tight end, instead of blocking, leaks into the flat, and so now we can throw it to him, or he, or Jones can run. He just dumps it to the tight end. It's definitely a legal lineman downfield. They don't call it, though, because they say they're going to call it, but they, they don't call it enough. And, uh, like, there's just ways to get the ball out of his hands where – you're not trying to really take shots, and you're not just running crossers. Like, find ways to get the ball into hand the hands of your receivers early in the game. And the other part of that is those receivers need to get going. Like, I was looking at – I watched some of the Washington game and the Eagles game, and Dotson had a big job. Yeah. How many catches did he have up until that point? Or touches or involvement?
1: Uh, hardly any.
2: None. Like maybe a screen? Yeah, I don't even remember. I'm not it, saying it, it. Yeah, it was, it was very dropped, it, it, Yeah. It, get them involved in the game. Curtis Samuel had a big week in week one, and he had like seven catches in the first two drives. They had a bunch of neat little ways to get him the ball. Use those things. That's important. You know, get all these guys' touches involved going in the game. You, they they're going to have to have some balance with the run game. It, Dallas is pretty dominant up front, but they got to find some ways to run the ball.
1: How do they do that against Especially
2: Dallas? It Dallas would have, have been
1: easier win. last week, but but what what do they? How do they run the ball tomorrow so that they really? The screens, everybody can see that. The screens and it's just ways to, you know, kind of minimize the pass rush, get it out quickly, don't let the pass rush become, you know, the determining factor in the game. But how do they run the ball? Like, you usually have really good ideas on how I, to I, run I, the ball.
2: Yeah, no. I, I think the, the other key to this is some of this short, quick passing can set up some of the run stuff to where you're – the. First couple drives and every every play or every other play is balls out. Boom! You're Like dang, changes the way you play the run a little bit. Keeps them within within down and distance relevant. And I, shoot, Kev, I think that they can run some of that counter stuff and some of that gap stuff that they 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 run. And you get one good down block and pull a guard around and get him on somebody. And it's not like all five have to be great in some of that stuff, but. You just and in in doing that, you don't really have to drive them down the field. You just get a pin and a pole, and you slam the back up in there for three or four.
1: Would 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 you seven? Would you do that with two tight ends with like you know twenty one personnel? Would you put Bates in there with Thomas and basically you know let them know we're coming? Yeah,
2: I I would. I would stay. For me, I would stay more twenty two personnel against the Cowboys. Because they're more predictable in what they're doing with their fronts and how they're playing their personnel against heavier sets versus getting them into that three three down, one stand-up end, never know where he's going to be, two linebackers milling. Is Micah Parsons going to become a defensive lineman or is he going to stay as a linebacker? Are they going to stay in this four down or are they going to move to a five down? Who's filling what gap? Like they're just, It's a lot easier structurally to run the ball against them in 22 because they're going to give you just more of a consistent front does that make sense you could prepare for it easier
1: yeah i mean i'm just it,
2: a lot less multiple
1: well and but then you've got you've also got another option then out of the backfield right
2: what what's your other option out of the backfield
1: well if you're trying to if you're running it in 22 personnel two tight ends two backs you've got another option in the backfield.
2: Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I'm talking, yeah, I said 22. That's heavy personnel. That's right. 21, probably more than 22. Okay. I don't, do they even have a fullback? That's my fault. Well,
1: I, 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 they don't have a fullback, but I, it, I thought maybe, you know, you're, you're running with poten- it, poten- potentially two tight ends and, and you're running shotgun with Curtis Samuel and, and Antonio Gibson. You know. But, by the way, I like McKissick more in the running game. Um, but that's more on pass looks right i mean but but anyway i, I,
2: I, I, I yeah i like Gibbs. So I, like I like gibson i like gibson
1: i'd like to give i'd like to give him a chance to move the pile 3 yards run the have the clock moving rather than being second and 17 be second and 7
2: we can and yeah, like i don't if you want to run the ball at all if you want to say we can run the ball at all our one back's got to have more than six carries in the first half. Yeah. Because just like the receivers, he's going to get no feel and no flow for the game. But, I, like, I I think they'll struggle to run the ball on the edges. Because I think Dallas has a lot of speed.
1: Right. I was going to ask Bucky you back. that next. I mean, they, they're, they're they're the lateral speed with Parsons, with Vander Esch. By the way, Anthony Barr is such a smart player. Um. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And i like, I think they tackle well on the outside. Like Anthony Brown's a good tackling corner. Trayvon Diggs is outstanding. This dude, Donovan Wilson, I think is a pretty decent safety. Malik Hooker's obviously, he's a good player. So I think, yeah, I think it's a solid defense. And I, I don't think, I get it. If you start running some of this counter stuff or some of the trap stuff or something inside and you can't displace them and you're getting beat up front, it's going to be hard to stay with it. I get that. They It might not work. If, you know what I mean? not my job to watch all this Dallas film.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's not your job. <laughs>
2: Just for this podcast, yes. I mean, there's, there's some stuff you can do. But even like, let's go back to an old, old Kevin Sheehan special. Let's run inside zone and toss it and make them overrun.
1: Right. Remember that? You know what I mean? Remember, 21. Remember that suggestion with Alfred Morris?
2: I do. Getting 21. Two tight ends to the right. And go with that quick little toss to the left, and let's cut off the whole backside, and let's let him cut it back in behind the center. Three yards—a good play in the NFL right now, right now. Um, But the real key I have to this, and some of this—I mean, get the ball out of Wentz's hands. He's got Wentz's got to get going too. He's got to get a like he's got to get confidence. Right. Sometimes just five quick completions, five completions get it. Sometimes two or three. But. Having negative passing yards in late into the second quarter is not what gets it going for a quarterback. No, <laughs> you can't get sacked six times, and you got to get the ball out, and you got to change the the rush timing. And but uh, the other real key to this is you can't be. I said, be wary. Do not get in third and in distance. In my notes. I joke because I really don't say be wary, but I wrote that. All right. You're you're. you're not in good shape in third and seven-plus.
1: It's bad, bad for them. I mean, I'll be honest with you. McKissick in there, third and seven against Nickel. I'd think about running a lot of draws or just running the football.
2: little screenplay here and there.
1: Say that again. Mix
2: it up. I said a little screenplay here and there and mix it up.
1: But, you know, don't don't be afraid on third and five, you know, third and six. To run the ball, I mean, because that that pass rush is going to be disruptive if they know you're throwing the football.
2: Yeah, it is. And then uh, the other, I mean, the other little key to this, you got to stay balanced times possession wise, because Dallas is going to continue to run the ball. They're going to continue to pound it, and I think Washington has the ability to stop them up front. But if they start Opening it up in the second half, it's because that defense is getting tired. Yeah, so you, you're going to have to help them out at least that way on offense. They had a Which, I don't know. This game might, might be a 17 to 14 game.
1: It, well, you know what? In many ways, whether they're shortening the game or Washington can figure out a way to shorten the game, you know, it's better. I don't know if it's better. Cooper Rush probably isn't going to be a guy that in a game where they're forced to throw it or you know, it's back and forth, and it's a track meet. I don't see them doing well. What they've done well the last two weeks is they've kept the game within arms' reach, and they haven't put, they haven't put it on him. And I you know I think well, I think this, I think Washington has to think that way now. You know, Carson Wentz can make a lot of big plays. He's got a big arm. He can make a lot a lot of throws, but you put the pressure on him to just drop back. It doesn't look like it's going to work out. Look, if you go back to last year, Indy became successful when Jonathan Taylor started to rush for 150 yards per game. It's amazing some of the box scores for Carson Wentz last year. Like, there are games in which he threw for less than 100 yards or right around 100 yards, and they won because it was Jonathan Taylor. They took the pressure off him, and they started winning. Right. And some, I can hear people saying right now, "Well, that's what they did with Taylor Heineke last year. Just took the pressure off him. They won four games in a row. Well, yeah, you can do that, you know, with anybody that's capable of playing quarterback. I mean, you're not going to win a Super Bowl doing that, but you probably aren't going to lose, be down twenty-four nothing at halftime
2: either. Yeah, being down twenty-four nothing at halftime, it sucks. It's it's, it's bad.
1: Anything else on your what notepad, you it,
2: buddy? What do they got to do? What do you?
1: What do you get? What you, what you got? I, I I had the same things. I had they've got to stay balanced um, because uh, they've got they've got to keep a Dallas balanced. Uh, I'm sorry, the opposite of that. They have to make Dallas one dimensional. They can't let Dallas be balanced because that's what they've done a really good job of in their two wins and they've kept that game. You know, both of those games within arm's reach of winning and, you know, Cooper Rush made just enough plays, but it's because they had Zeke and Pollard and, you know, they were throwing screens and they didn't even have Schultz last week. And he's a big screen guy for them. And he's going to be back, I think, this week. But they've they've got to stop the run and make Dallas one-dimensional. And then, you know, everything else for me was, you know, protecting Wentz and doing, you know, essentially what you, know, you basically gave me the blueprint and gave everybody the blueprint. Blue, blueprint on how to do it but they can't do what they did last week Uh, they've got to protect him because this team defensively is more of a game wrecker they've got more game wreckers defensively than Philly had and so Turner's on the spot here tomorrow he had a bad bad game as you said they were stupid last week they couldn't figure it out they didn't didn't know what they were doing I didn't say you did, and it became a headline. Sorry.
2: Oh, I
1: don't care. Um, but uh, no, I mean, what they say? it was it was stupid. It what, yeah. You said I. I said, well, why did they keep trying to do that against that three man front? You said because I don't know they're stupid. But you backed right up off it. You were it was just your immediate reaction. But it 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 did. Start, Somebody sent me strategy. a link. Somebody sent me a link to a Yahoo Sports headline. Cooley called Washington's. Offense last week stupid, but I know what you
2: were. I saying. mean, yeah. Could we seriously, not you? Can we seriously, like me and you, are joking around and having? Could we not make a headline anymore out of any of these things, uh, <laughs> even if it's a small Yahoo Sports thing? I know. It's, it's
1: well, here. it's not me. I didn't send and out he, a press release. A, I didn't send out a press release saying Cooley called Washington's offense but stupid. I know. Yeah, um, but you know, <laughs> but seriously, let
2: <what's> this <laughs> Just let me say what I want to say and listen to it and let it be. Yeah, con- there's a green, like if there's, some, there's some. I mean, understand context a little I'm having a fun time and yes,
1: context yeah. matters. And, exactly. and,
2: and, and I, I and you know what I care zero. I care absolutely <laughs> oh, zero. Doesn't sound like you care but, zero. No, I used to care because right. I was there all the time. Right. So then it was stuck. Like to have to go back into the facility. Oh, you call them stupid? Be like, oh my god, I got to go in there. Um, no, I don't care at all. But I I just don't like the uh the old lazy headline.
1: I know. In in life. With that said, if they had listened to the whole thing from the other day, maybe they could have maybe they they learned something from it. Because after you really, I mean it was very enlightening the other day. Uh, and what would the most enlightening part of your film, you know, d- discussion of the Philadelphia game is even though it really looked like Philadelphia had four people on the line of scrimmage, it really was that kind of 3 3 5 college that you see so much of. And it's like you've got to run the football against a three man front. Even if that linebacker, Reddick, is walking up as kind of a fourth player on the line of scrimmage, they are expecting you to throw the football. And Scott Turner, who I think is good, never adjusted, never figured it out. And I'm sure that there, he he would say, "Look, we didn't, we couldn't block doing anything. We didn't run the ball that well either. Although you know, Gibson was six for thirty-five in the first half. That's nearly six yards a, a, a carry." Um, and I'm sure that you know the film suggested – I talked to somebody the other day that said they couldn't block anybody, Wentz wasn't decisive, and people weren't getting open either, except for the McLaurin thing that you pointed out You know, on, on the first sack or the second sack. But this is a big spot for Scott Turner tomorrow. That was a bad, a bad offensive outing. And, and the, the, the offense through the first two games was by far and away the most impressive part of the team. And that was a major step back. So, let's see what he figured out. He said he studied it really hard. Did he? Well, he said, you know, every play you look at and you, you learn from, and there are things that, you know, he could have done. And, he, they, they you know. I studied it really hard. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. What else you got
2: in that? I, you in know that what? Notepad? I hope he figured it out. Cause you know what I like? I'm in good offense.
1: You Say that again because you broke up.
2: I said I like watching good offense.
1: It would be nice, given that they invested so heavily into their offense. You know, Dotson, Samuel last year, the trade for Wentz. Um, oh. It would be really nice if they don't get shut out in the first half again. I, that would be a good. That would be a good start. You know what's so funny?
2: In, in all, in all Stop seriousness, day. it'd be really nice if they scored 17 points in the in, first half and got in, some stuff together.
1: In all seriousness, last Sunday was a really bad day for them, and it was against a really good football team. I think we're gonna, we've learned that already, and we'll probably continue to learn that. But if they go and, and win in Dallas tomorrow, they're two and two with games at home against Tennessee and on the road on Thursday night against Chicago, and the whole picture of this season and of this team will change because that's the NFL. It changes every blanking week. And Washington, I believe, is one of those 20 to 25 teams in the league every year where it changes a lot. If they don't play well tomorrow, then they might be one of those two or three teams that actually suck. But I don't think they do suck. I I just don't see a team that sucks. I saw a team that sucked last week. But that's why I think that you know, if they are better than just a bad team, this is the spot. You bounce back. I mean, you, you, they should have been embarrassed last week. And they're not playing Philly this week. They're playing Cooper Rush. And I think he's played pretty well, but it's not you know it's not what you know, Philadelphia is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I don't think Dallas is. If they don't play well tomorrow, Cooley, there's something really wrong with this team. And people like me who thought this team had a chance to win, you know, eight, nine games, somewhere in that range, they're headed to like a four or five win season. And I know that Rivera plays, his teams play great late in the year. He always figures it out. But you can't go three years in a row of starting, you know, 1 and 5, 2 and 6, 1 and 3 maybe headed to something worse. You win tomorrow and god, it just looks totally different. 2 and 2. Cuz the Cowboys will be 2 and 2 and you'll be right there with them. And you you got the Titans who don't appear to be as good as they've been in recent years coming to town. And and then Chicago. Like you could legitimately make the case. We got a chance to be 4 and 2 in 10 days. If they lose the game tomorrow, they're going to be staring I mean, one and seven a, in the mouth. I
2: can get to work hard at making that case. Well, get to two and two. You got to get to two and two, and we're fine. We'll be all right. Get to two and two. We'll be all right.
1: The Philadelphia game will be forgotten. The Detroit game, in many ways, will be forgotten if they can go to Dallas and win and look good doing it. Because two and two. And by the way, then you start saying things like it's 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 amazing the way you you, you, you rationalize. It's like. Well, I mean, the two wins are over Jacksonville, who's, you know, one of the surprise teams in the league, and Dallas, who had just won two in a row. Pretty impressive yeah. wins. You know, you just – It's,
2: it, two, and two. it's a two and two. That's our <laughs> halftime speech that goes pregame.
1: <laughs> you want to change the way people are talking about you out there? Go play well tomorrow and win because it's a winnable Period. game. You think it's a winnable game, don't you, or not? I want your prediction to yeah, finish up this, this, this show, but do you think it's winnable? Yep. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to your prediction on tomorrow's game right after we hear from a few of our sponsors. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.
0: Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, coolies with us. Let's finish up
1: the show. What's your prediction for tomorrow?
2: My prediction is 21 to 13 Dallas.
1: I gave out twenty three to seventeen Washington yesterday. Um, we'll see. All right, we'll see. What do you got? Right, pl- what, what do you got planned for today? Do you have kids? Uh,
2: well, we were going go to go. We were going to take a nice little drive through Yellowstone Park, but it's, it's raining today. Oh, it's raining. So, raining here too. We're going to have a lazy day around the house. I think watch some
1: college football. Does Maddie like football, watching football or not? I forgot. No. 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 no.
2: She doesn't.
1: Kara <laughs> couldn't care less.
2: Well, just, I mean, it's, its I wouldn't call it that she has no interest. If my son was playing football, she'd be ecstatic. Oh,
1: of course, yeah.
2: She just has no interest in watching pro or college football. Right.
1: Okay. Good job. Well, she, Enjoy the day. You've got the yeah, same I, weather. You, you,
2: thanks for coming on today. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
2: Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Coming on the show. Um, <laughs> we'd love to have you anytime.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. And uh, please invite me again on Wednesday uh, for some film discussion. Oh, I will.
2: You're a great guest. You're a great guest. Uh, please don't send out any more headlines to your friends.
1: <laughs> I didn't send any more. <laughs> Somebody sent that to me. I'm like, oh, God, I hope Cooley doesn't. See it, and then I'm like, uh, when you just brought it up, I'm I like, didn't uh, see it. You uh, I know. I, I, I I'm know. like, when you brought it up, I'm like, I'll just tell them because I because I know that you don't like to see that, and it has nothing to do with whether or not you know there's any sort of uh, pushback or blowback because there's not anymore. But you just don't. The the point is, you're a retired player. You're an authoritative voice on football and on this team in this town, and you don't want you know a headline that says Cooley calls the team stupid. Yeah, I mean, uh, no,
2: and, and, and if anyone wanted to say anything before, like, well, he's just doing it to get people to listen to a show. or to, Like, no, I'm no. doing your show on a contract that says you have to come out to Wyoming to see me. That, I, I'm trying to do radio.
1: You know what I should have done, though, actually? You know
2: what I'm saying? I should, not a goal. The goal of mine is not to get people to listen to me. Actually, I should just make headlines <laughs> so they listen to my friend Kevin.
1: I should have edited that out. I actually didn't remember you saying that until I saw uh, the headline. I should that. I should have edited.
2: I mean, it it, no, I, I, like, it wasn't. That's not a great. Here, here's the only thing I don't like about that quote. It's really not great use of the English language, or great explaining what the offense was, which is not what the case. But like, that's, yeah, they're yeah. stupid. Yeah. I sound like a child. <laughs> Which I do a lot of times. So yeah, but but okay. again,
1: context, and that's not really you. You, you just yeah. It was We're over. It. It, it was outstanding analysis. It was insightful and very smart. <laughs> I per usual, I need that. Uh, oh, dang, I it share. wasn't. It wasn't stupid. All right, I'll talk to you. On, I'll talk to you before Wednesday, but everybody else will hear our yeah. conversation on Wednesday. Good day. Have a
2: good weekend.
1: Yeah. All right, I'm done for the day. Back on Monday with the recap of the game and more.